This is The Guardian. Today, why are so many vegetables vanishing from British supermarkets? Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Picture the scene. A few days ago, outside a supermarket, somewhere in Oxford. But it could be anywhere in the UK. Today there's plenty of broccoli, but no cucumbers. The other day, there were plenty of cucumbers, but no broccoli. Tomatoes are short. There were no peppers. Salad stuff. Got tomatoes, just. Peppers, definitely. So yeah, a few shortages. In some of the shelves, they kind of bulked them out, so they all looked the same, but they weren't. And the price rises as well. Product aisles lying empty. Shortages of broccoli, cauliflower, tomatoes. Very few tomatoes. The ones that they had were the sort of tiny cherry ones. They were almost grey, to be honest. Frustrated customers, ready to take radical action. They've got signs up in there saying it's because of the bad weather. I was slightly tempted to write on it, and Brexit, but... um, I didn't vandalise the signs. People confronting a new reality and a new dinner menu. Sometimes I think we could be a little bit more self-sufficient, do a bit more for ourselves rather than keep importing everything. Having courgettes in the middle of winter was something that I was never used to. I mean, it's it's modern life nowadays. It is what happens, you know. But um, yes, indeed, just make do with what you can find. I can live without salad. It is, after all, February. I mean, I'll just go without... It's not the end of the world, but it's a bit less veg. Okay, so no one is panicking just yet. But across the country, supplies of basic fruit and veg are running out. So what's going on? What does it have to do with Brexit? And why is the Environment Secretary telling us to eat turnips instead? It's important to make sure... Uh, that we cherish the specialisms that we have in this country. Uh, a lot of people would be eating turnips right now rather than thinking necessarily about aspects of lettuce and, and, and tomatoes and similar. No, I won't be trying turnips, no. <laughs> Can you even get turnips? It's all very well saying, you know, our mother's cooked with turnips, but I don't know what to do with a turnip. The shortages might be temporary, but they're also a sign of a much larger problem. A system for feeding Britain that's no longer fit for purpose. From The Guardian, I'm Michael Safi. Today in Focus, where have all the tomatoes gone? Joanna Partridge, you cover business for The Guardian, and we've just been hearing about the scenes outside one Aldi supermarket in Oxford. What are we seeing elsewhere around the country at the moment? 
lots of supermarket shoppers have been putting photos on social media of empty shelves where you'd normally expect to see fresh fruit and vegetables. So gaps, especially where you'd normally have racks of tomatoes, lettuce, cucumbers, all kinds of fresh produce. At the same time, you've also seen some of the UK's biggest supermarkets, Aldi and uh, Morrison's and Asda, saying that they're rationing the number of packets of fresh produce that shoppers can buy. If people do manage to find what they're looking for in their local supermarket, they're not always allowed to buy the number of packets that they usually would. So these are the kinds of things that we saw at the beginning of the pandemic three years ago and hope that we were done with, but here they are again. What exactly are we seeing shortages of? The kind of fruit and veg that we can only grow in the UK and in Northern Europe at this time of year under glass houses, so items that tend to be imported. There were a few other things uh, that were also tricky to, to buy in the last few days, so broccoli, cauliflower, raspberries as well. And is this a problem just for supermarkets or uh, are restaurants and cafes who might be bulk ordering food directly from suppliers also facing the same kind of problem? It's been pretty much across the board that anyone, be it wholesalers, importers or, or the big supermarkets who've tried to get hold of these items have found it difficult. And if they are able to source them, uh, they're having to pay a lot more for it. So there have been suggestions that the supermarkets might have brought in rationing in some cases to try and prevent wholesalers or restaurants and hospitality businesses from going to their shops and sort of emptying the shelves of leaving nothing for shoppers. And Joanna, how are supermarkets explaining these shortages? Where are they saying all, all of the tomatoes have gone? When this first came about, some of the big supermarkets said that the main problem was that there'd been unusually cold weather in southern Spain and in North Africa in places like Morocco, where the bulk of imports of salad produce comes from at this time of year to the UK. So that meant that they just had far less produce available because crops were damaged by the weather. I understand that in Spain, the pepper harvest was down about 70% and there were about half fewer cucumbers available than would be in a normal year. So that meant that there's just been far less supply available to send to uh, countries such as the UK. So that was what they, they initially said, but it appears that the situation is a bit more complex than that. To understand those more complex reasons, it might be helpful to go back and understand how we got to the food system that we currently have. One where we expect to be able to walk into any supermarket anywhere in the country and get all kinds of fruits and vegetables, whatever the season. It hasn't always been this way. At half past one or two, with Dennis at the wheel, Sid's mushrooms and a lot else as well pull into Covent Garden. How much gear you had in tonight, Ron? Not a lot, only mash. No, nothing else. No, not a great deal. No oranges or anything? No. We've had tons of celery out there. It wasn't always like this. So, how did we get from 1950s market trading to now? Over the past few decades, we've seen huge changes uh, in the British food system and, I guess, uh, availability of all kinds of different fresh 
fruit and vegetables at all kinds of year. The food system has become globalised. Um, Britain is n- not self-sufficient in all of the food that we eat. And I guess arguably with the rise of the supermarkets and also in globalised supply chains, it's been possible to source avocados or tomatoes or whatever at any time of year. Like Aldi's freshest, sweetest prices on specially selected extra fine beans, sweet mixed peppers, organic bananas, specially selected piccolo tomatoes, pink lady apples, and easy peelers from just 99p, all with freshness guaranteed or your money back, then you'll really like this week's Super 6 at Aldi. This so-called just-in-time supply system really was taken from the car industry where big car manufacturers, the likes of Toyota, realised that it was possible to supply the items that were needed to their factories just before they were required by the production line. And this is something that the supermarkets and the global food industry took on with the idea that you would fly in fresh fruit and vegetables from, say, the southern hemisphere during the northern hemisphere winter and You could source things like tomatoes and lettuce from warmer climates like southern Spain and bring them to Britain at this time of year. And that's seen just huge changes. I mean, for consumers, it has had its benefits because it means that you can get pretty much whatever you want in your local supermarket at any time of year. But it doesn't come without difficulties and complexities as well. Right. So a lot of our food comes from overseas and that's been affected by the bad weather. But the UK grows a lot of this stuff, tomatoes and other things as well. So why have farmers here struggled to make up the shortfall? One of the things that's really been going on um, with British farmers is they've been hit in recent months by energy crisis, much like every every household as well. And so a lot have decided just not to plant as much during the winter because they have to light and in some cases heat their glass houses to grow crops like tomatoes and cucumbers to supply shops during the winter. So a lot of them have said they're just not able to afford to do that with huge soaring energy bills. And at the same time, they're also saying that this very complex supply chain system dominated by the big supermarkets in Britain isn't paying them enough for what they're producing. And at the moment, with rising costs, their costs just aren't being covered. The problems that British growers have been facing has been really highlighted to me in recent days by a company called APS Group, which is actually the the biggest producer of tomatoes in the UK. Um, 70 hectares, 700,000 square metres of glass houses um, across six sites from Middlesbrough in the north down to the Isle of Wight in the south. I spoke to Philip Pearson. He's the development director there of the business, which was founded by his grandfather in 1949 with just a single nursery. And now they produce about 650 million tomatoes a year. And they, like many other growers, decided over this winter just to plant fewer tomato plants in their glass houses. We had some glass houses empty. and I've never done that in the history of our business. No, we've only ever gone forwards, never gone backwards. That meant that they weren't able to supply the big retailers with as many tomatoes during the winter as they usually would. And uh, they also have then been trying to import as well. They're also critical that they just haven't been able to increase their prices, the tomatoes that they grow to retailers, because the big supermarkets aren't prepared to pay more because they don't want to pass their costs on to consumers. We did say as industry last year, if you don't support the industry through the winter, you will have empty shelves. You said that a year you, ago. Yeah. Not just me, but the whole industry said yeah. it. Yeah. And I, I government didn't listen then, I presume. Well, government didn't listen. You know, our customers didn't listen. Nobody listened. 
So that in a nutshell really shows why we've had such a squeeze because domestic producers like the APS group have grown far fewer tomatoes and have like everyone else been trying to source tomatoes and other salad from Spain and Morocco where supply has been totally outstripped by demand. There have also been criticisms that maybe the government hasn't been quick enough to give subsidies or support to farmers to build out the renewable energy networks on their farms, that if more of them had been uh, had some help to put, say, solar panels on their buildings or use parts of their land uh, to have anything from wind turbines to uh, solar panels as well, that maybe that would have helped farmers to be a bit less dependent on energy that comes from fossil fuels and a bit less exposed to huge increases in energy bills. So there are a few parts to this. There's a cold snap disrupting imports. There's an energy crisis forcing farmers to abandon their crops at home. And so what about that other disruptive force in what's beginning to feel a bit like a perfect storm here? What about Brexit? One of the major problems uh, for British farmers of Brexit has been added cost, especially cost of labour. Now, this is partly linked to the pandemic as well. But British farmers are finding it much harder to find foreign workers who can come in and pick their crops. The National Farmers Union said that £60 million worth of food was wasted last year because it rotted in fields because there weren't enough people to pick the crops at the right time. Um, Also, it's added just a lot of cost in other areas and complexity. So Brexit is playing a role as well that when we are trying to import produce, especially in a tight market like growers are seeing in Spain at the moment, it's much more costly and complex to export your Spanish tomatoes to Britain outside of the EU than it is, say, to other countries like Germany or the Netherlands. It's um, unnerving, I think, when you realise that we are so dependent as an island nation on things coming onto the island when we have cut ourselves off from our nearest neighbours. Coming up, the tomatoes will be back. But why are there more shortages of fruit and vegetables on the horizon? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today in Focus is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. 
Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash todayinfocus. Joanna, how long will these current shortages last? There seems to be general agreement that this isn't going to suddenly go away overnight. I think we're likely to see these ongoing shortages for another few weeks. The situation should ease probably late March, early April, because then a lot of the growers in Britain who grow tomatoes and salad and cucumbers, their own domestic produce will start to come to the fore and they'll be able to start picking. Lots of them just didn't really grow that much over the winter this year because of the costs of heating and lighting their glass houses. But as the weather picks up over here, then it will cost them less to grow those crops and we'll start to see those coming on stream. But I mean, also, we have to say, while the situation then might get easier with salad items, Growers in different parts of the food sector are saying that there are other crops later in the year which are also at risk. So there are warnings about availability of leeks. Of course, it's St. David's Day, symbol of Wales. There are warnings that there might be not enough leeks available this year. And then later on in the year, apples and pears as well, because growers in that area are really under pressure. So salad items might sort itself out in the next few weeks, but the main problem isn't going to go away anytime soon. Yeah, because it sounds like the issue here is that the entire fresh food supply system is built on a model that we now know is is really vulnerable. So in that sense, are these kinds of rolling shortages a kind of new normal, something we just have to get used to until we shift to a model that just fits the reality better? You could argue we've already been seeing this for a while. There was a crisis in the pig industry about a year ago where they just couldn't get the labour to process pigs, uh, to slaughter them and to process the meat. There's never been a cull of healthy pigs in this country until now. Several thousand are believed to have been destroyed before tonight's dramatic U-turn on issuing temporary visas to foreign butchers. The shortages in abattoirs so acute, farmers were simply having to slaughter the pigs themselves. And Britain ended up just probably importing more pork. Uh, there have been similar problems with eggs because of rising costs and bird flu, with Sainsbury's, for example, importing eggs from Italy in recent months. So we have seen this rolling problem of various areas of food production And yes, even if salad does sort itself out in the next few weeks, I think until the system fundamentally changes and we maybe all as consumers, as government, have an open discussion about how much we pay for food and whether we want to buy more that's grown locally, then I don't see this problem suddenly being resolved. What would a more sustainable food system actually look like? 
There are lots of elements to this. Uh, I guess one that lots of people discuss is maybe that as consumers, we should accept that we need to eat more seasonally. So not expecting to eat exotic fruit and vegetables or even more summery fresh produce uh, at all times of year. That's one side of it. Also, that maybe we should uh, focus on buying British grown produce as well. And I guess really the main thing is that people are being asked by growers to pay more for their food. Hmm. But that would need the supermarkets who for decades have been involved in very competitive price competition, that they would have to all start charging a bit more. And at a cost of living crisis where they're all battling to get shoppers through the doors, filling their baskets, I don't see how many retailers are going to be keen to be the one to put their prices up. Cucumber's prices rocketed. Just expensive price, it's unbelievable. Yes, yeah, just seems to be going up and up and up, which we can't afford to do. No one is prepared to spend much money these days. They're going to be especially reluctant to raise prices now, with a quarter of British people saying they're struggling financially. And this week we've seen grocery price inflation hit the highest level on record, 17.1%. So there's clearly a need for the government to step in and try to find other ways to increase supply. Are they taking this seriously? Aside from advising people to eat turnips, are they doing what they need to do to rectify some of these problems in the system that you're telling us about? The government's certainly been criticised in recent times for not really grappling problems as they've arisen in food production. There are suggestions that uh, British farmers would say that they need more overseas workers to be allowed in. The number of visas permitted since Brexit for seasonal workers has been increased this year, but there are many growers who still say it's not enough. People have been quite critical of the government for uh, the implementation of its post Brexit subsidy scheme for farmers, which replaces the common agricultural policy. I mean, criticisms that's been too slow, too complex, hasn't got money to farmers quick enough. There have also been quite a lot of criticisms about the government's energy support policy, that it hasn't directly sent support to primary food producers. The president of the National Farmers Union, Minette Batters, highlighted what she sees as the ridiculous situation where botanical gardens, which have huge glass houses full of exotic plants, have have received support under the government's uh, energy support scheme. But uh, growers like Britain's tomato growers haven't received any help with their energy bills. Equally, there are people who say that farmers are too dependent on fossil fuels through their use of fertiliser and also the fuel they use for their vehicles. And there are some calls in some quarters for farmers to farm in a more regenerative way, where you fix nitrogen in the soil by growing certain plants like clovers, rather than just adding fertiliser to plants to try and get them to, to produce more. So there are a lot of things that could be done, but the government certainly come in for quite a lot of criticism for just not seeing this coming down the track and not listening to farmers and growers' warnings, it shouldn't come out of a clear blue sky for the government. And I mean, at this point, there's a feeling that it could be a few weeks without tomatoes. We might see shortages of other produce in the weeks and months to come. But given how vulnerable this system is that you're describing, if the government doesn't step in, if there aren't serious changes to the way that food reaches British homes, that this could become a far more serious problem. 
Over time, it could, certainly. Uh, we all know that we're living through a climate crisis as well. And um, while the mantra has been that as a rich country, Britain could just af- afford to import its food from elsewhere, if you end up in a position where there is less being grown and less being farmed in Britain for people, then we'd be more reliant on imports. And British farms are quite critical of the fact that if we're importing more, we're just outsourcing our food requirements to countries where they have water shortages and where they're really more at the forefront of the climate crisis. So something really needs to be done to improve the food strategy in the UK. And necessarily consumers just paying a bit more for food isn't going to help matters overnight either. Joanna, thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. That was Joanna Partridge, a business reporter with The Guardian, whose coverage of this issue you can follow at theguardian.com. You can also find an article in today's Guardian about the classic tomato recipes you can make without tomato. And that is it for today. This episode was produced by Ruth Abrahams and Sammy Getch-Soiler. Sound design was by Solomon King. The executive producer was Phil Maynard. And we'll be back tomorrow. This is The Guardian.